welcome to another episode of Proactive Parenting, a show where I offer you judgment-free advice on how to raise value-driven children in a way that's right for your family using the most current scientific research out there. I'm your host, Dr. Deanna Marie Mason. I'm a certified pediatric nurse practitioner, published author, and expert in child development. I'm also the mom of two fabulous teens, so I know firsthand how much misinformation is out there, and that's why I'm here. So grab a cup of coffee or tea and settle in. This is a safe space where you can ask questions and get real, honest answers about how to raise kids in a way that works for you. Be responsive to the shift from text-based information to audio information. It would be great to hear some feedback from listeners about how you are liking what you're hearing. If the information we're sharing has been useful to you um, on how you are parenting and if you're comfortable with how the information we're giving is being presented. Hearing from you will help us plan our content and hopefully improve your experience in season two. Our goal is to share research-based information in a manner that's inclusive of each child's individual development, as well as the wide variety of ways that families choose to raise their children. Overall, we want to help you reach harmony in your homes while caring for your children and yourself. If we're meeting that goal, please let us know by leaving a rating or sending us an email. Any information you have will be taken into consideration and really help us polish our season two. Now let's move on to today's topic. Well, we're coming to the close of another year and that's generally a time for reflection about what's happened over the last 12 months and consideration of what we'd like to see change in the new year. To me, it always seems like December is the last chapter of a book where everything from the last 12 months is understood and a conclusion is waiting to be revealed. And based on the ending of the book, I try to decide what I want to read next, what type of story, how do I want to feel as I read that story, and what do I hope to learn from the characters and storylines. Well, this year, living through a global pandemic, being separated from family and friends, and having my normal activities altered, has made this process so much more present in my mind. I've had to come up with some new conclusions that I didn't see before because I was so busy. Slowing down, being at home, taking stock of what I have, what I need, what I value, and who I want to spend my time with has been a learning process for me. Perhaps this happened to you too. It can actually be a little bit uncomfortable to have time to be so reflective. So being a researcher, I went to the scientific literature to find out why I was feeling this way and how I can use this new awareness to create positive change in the new year. One thing I want to spend time on is not measuring myself against others. This is so hard in today's social media saturated world. Some families seem to live a dream life in which everything is happy, perfect, and beautiful. Their jobs are fulfilling and they keep getting promotions and raises. Their children are uber compassionate and are the best athletes or musicians or artists with top grades and honors. Their vacations are picturesque with perfect weather. They always look flawless in every photo with brilliant white smiles. 
and money never seems to be an issue as they always have the newest of everything. At least that's what their Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest pages show. But in reality, we know that life is complicated, dirty, and downright tough sometimes. Yes, life is also wonderful, but not every day. Life may have thrown us some curveballs this year, and some of those may have been easier to catch than others. Jobs are sometimes overwhelming and stressful. Kids act up and out in ways that we could never anticipate. Every now and then, a vacation or planned event is a total disaster, and frequently we don't look our best due to fatigue, stress, or lack of time. Or, with the closing of the hair salons this past spring, wow, that was a hit to my vanity. And then money, even when there's enough, it's always an issue in modern life. So why are there all these shiny, happy families being portrayed on social media when in reality we know that life is filled with complexity? Seeing so much perfection on Instagram can make us wonder if this magical life exists for some and evades others, or is there something more going on? Research has shown that most of what we see on social media is really false and creates a comparative that is virtually impossible to attain. Social media sites such as Facebook and Instagram are now being used by more than a billion users or nearly 20% of the world's population. Social media is a big force and touches most people's lives, especially when social distancing, social bubbles, learning bubbles, and travel restrictions are keeping us apart from friends and family. Yet it's important to remember that social media can allow individuals to present different aspects of who they are online, such as their real self, ideal self, or false self. The choice of which self to present is multifaceted. Some people may choose to present a certain self to gain acceptance, to win approval of others, or to help construct a new identity. Research has also shown that individuals who experience self-doubt are more likely to present an idealized or false self online. Self-doubt can present itself in individuals who suffer from anxiety, worry, moodiness, envy, or jealousy. And really, during this pandemic, who isn't feeling a little anxious and more full of worry? Additionally, researchers have found that individuals who are extroverted tend to use social media sites, like Facebook and Instagram, more than introverts. Therefore, extroverted individuals with self-doubt have the highest likelihood of presenting only their ideal self or false self online. What's the motivation for this? The motivation for presenting an ideal self or false self online is to calm anxiety and feel confident about how others perceive them and who they are. In the 1930s, the sociologist George Herbert Mead purported that as humans, we know ourselves through social interaction. So the people around us and how we interact with them teach us about who we are, our values, our potential, our limitations, and so forth. Today, social media has become a major influence in our modern life as a way to interact with people beyond our physical location. Social media platforms allow us to capture, edit, and present various aspects of our lives in ways that are not possible with direct physical interaction. 
Social media also allows us to have asynchronous interaction or a delay between when we do something and when we present it to the world. This extra time gives us time for editing, repetition of an activity until the desired result occurs, or simply not sharing what happens so no one knows about it. While we're all dealing with unique changes occurring in modern life, especially around this global pandemic, it's only normal to have more anxiety, self-doubt, and worry because we're constantly confronted with different situations that we weren't anticipating or necessarily know how to react to. This can make it very enticing to alter our experience to show only positive events as a means to feel in control and give the image of perfection in our experiences to friends and family to make it seem like we're doing well and are managing well. Even among people close to us that we interact with frequently, this corrective self-presentation supports an image of control, confidence, and good adaptation to the new situation. How realistic is it really to show that I'm able to work 60 hours a week, essentially homeschool my honor roll children, and find time for daily meditation and yoga while somehow not having any gray hairs and write a blog about organic green juices. These types of narratives cannot be completely true because we're all just human. In the end, if we're posting these types of stories, we're using social comparison to impress others and to present a unified image of what we aspire to be rather than reality. Based on this sociology research, the takeaway information to help us reduce this cognitive dissonance between what we are really feeling and doing and what we're choosing to show to others includes remembering that presenting less truthful information to impress others diminishes the reality of the lived experience. Presenting an ideal self or family or false self or family may be a coping mechanism for some underlying issues. It's possible the desire to use an ideal or false self to participate in the social comparison to impress others may be masking problems rather than addressing them. Dealing with underlying self-doubt, anxiety, fear, worry, or feelings of being overwhelmed is always better than suppression. Creating an idealized reality to present to the world cannot eliminate these feelings in real life and, if left unchecked, these feelings may lead to phobias, depression, or panic. Everyone knows that social media is highly edited. Only the best photos make the cut, and normally only positive status updates are shared. Displaying overly perfect images alerts people that it's just too good to be true. This can cause feelings of distrust, envy, or aggression if people feel you're trying to create separation, which is the opposite of what we should be doing with social media. We should want to create connection because connection helps us reduce stress and anxiety. Allowing real life to be present in social media helps you and your contacts stay close. When we share both positive and negative aspects of life online and everything in between, more realistic relationships can be fostered and maintained. This leads to real closeness and strengthened bonds of friendship and kinship. 
if we are worried about sharing the negative stuff online, remember that our phones still work and we can give a good friend or family member a call to talk about the tough stuff. Of course, being honest to ourselves is also really important. We are perfect just as we are. Our family is perfect just as they are. There's no reason to present ourselves or our family differently. You and I and our families are exactly where we're supposed to be in this moment. We need to let go of the need for perfection. When we ignore issues, avoid dealing with problems, or live in a dream world online, we don't actually make our lives any better. In fact, it can make us feel like our real life is not measuring up to the sparkly life we present online. We start to compete against ourselves, which is a losing situation. Only by being honest with the realities of life and that of our family can we address issues and work to resolve them or find ways to cope. We can't find answers when we're running from the truth. The reality of social media is that we can choose to present what we want to the world. We need to accept and show who we are so that we teach our children to accept and present who they are without apology. Moving away from the culture of personality, which values only our image, and moving towards a culture of character that values our inherent perfection, as well as who we are striving to be, is the healthier option. Embracing the culture of character allows us to address where we are and seek assistance if needed for where we want to go. The culture of personality forces us to grin and bear our pain in silence so everyone around us thinks that we're happy. Avoiding this lying trap will also help us and our family to enjoy the journey, manage the ups and downs, and stay healthy on the way. I hope the information from this episode has helped you identify something you may want to change in your online presence. Please don't hesitate to share a comment or question or offer a tip on what steps you're planning to take. You can do this by dropping me an email at deanna at proactiveparenting.com. If you want to find out more about who I am and what I do, please check out my website at www.proactiveparenting.com. You can also find me on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where you can also connect with other parents just like you. Find me by searching for my name, Deanna Marie Mason. And finally, if you'd like to purchase any of my books or online courses on newborn care or breastfeeding boot camp, you can do so on my webpage. Again, that's www.proactiveparenting.com. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you found this episode useful as we look forward to a new year. If you did, please leave a comment or review and tell a friend so that they can become a proactive parent too. Also, please consider leaving a comment or question about this Proactive Parenting podcast so we can polish our approach to reach you better. We're always looking for ways to improve and provide you with the information you need to raise your children in a way that works for you and your family. As with everything, this is a process and your voice and input are crucial to assuring we structure this program in a way that meets your needs. Thanks again for listening to season one. If you've missed any episodes, please know that they are available on my webpage, www.proactiveparenting.com. 
so feel free to go back and listen to any podcasts you may have missed. Well, I'll close here. This is Dr. Deanna Marie Mason signing off for now. I look forward to seeing you again in Season 2. However, until then, take care and be well. Bye.